Pace Line is supported by LEL Cycling. The coast is calling. LEL's shore collection embodies the spirit and style of the California coast. All LEL products are crafted in Southern California for shipment worldwide. Now, on to the show. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Celine Yeager, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. How goes it, Patrick? Well, I'm home. Uh, yeah, you were back in the in the southern area, right? I, I was down? I was a hot in a hot, humid place like you, except it was neither hot nor even all that. Well, no, it was plenty humid. It was plenty humid. I was in Memphis. Uh, taking my boys to see grandma who hasn't seen them. I, I was informed. Oops. Uh, it's been four years. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Time. So, I mean, you know, we, we, one, one has a, a vocabulary that has grown not, not so much ex well, yeah, exponentially would probably be the word. And then we've got somebody who used to be in diapers and barely walking and now has a vocabulary of his own and no more diapers. So it was a big transition. And you know how grandmothers are. She was like bottle rocketing through the treetops over in her joy. Um, <laughs> and then I got, you know, guy from California, you know, former, former Memphian who lives in California and all that, you know, comes back to town. I was invited for every group ride that left for, you know, a solid five days. Um, Did you and I didn't No. Oh, no, one I missed. I just couldn't manage the time. And then I went out for a ride by myself and I realized, oh, huh, hmm, I'd get dropped. But that's going to come up in a little while. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> but you did have a bicycle and you did ride your bicycle around. Yeah. Did it change a lot? I imagine it changed a lot. Like sometimes you go back and you're like, oh, that used to not look like that. It Memphis hadn't changed for the most part, as much since my last visit as it had during a, a visit, several visits back. Now, the the big kind of uh, feeder artery to the to the little lane that I used to live on as a kid, it was four lane. Well, it's now two lane with bike lanes. Oh no way! That's my head almost caved in from sheer surprise. You know, I mean, we don't. My mom doesn't live there anymore. Uh, uh -huh. But I I wanted to just drive the boys by my old house where I grew up, you know, where we lived for uh, 19 years or something, or at least I lived there for 19, you know, and we, I get going down the road and it's like, oh my gosh, bike lanes. What are the chances? Uh, yeah. Memphis, you know, I did a piece for bicycling last year about yeah, the transformation yeah, yeah. Memphis has gone under. And the funny thing is there were things that I didn't do on that trip that I did on this one, which only served to reinforce that that town had it coming. I mean, to, to get that kind of recognition, it has more than earned it. Uh, I've never seen a place go from so hostile to cycling to so inviting for it. Um, and then there was the fact that like the highest temperature it got while we were there was like 80 degrees. Wow. I, Very civilized. That plus one other thing I was, I was almost ready to move back. 
All right. But almost. Almost. Hey, um. almost. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, I will uh, I'll launch right into my uh, my weekend mm. that I yeah, that I just came back from. Uh, for those who did not hear or may not remember, I was in Oklahoma last weekend for the Tulsa Tough, which is like mm, I forget already. 15th somewhere has been running about around 15 years. Uh, it's I, the best way to describe it is just a festival of road bike racing. You know, there's just tons of crits. Couple of fondos, just all things bicycling all the time. City's really into it. Have you been? Have you ever been to it? No, I haven't. But I can remember when on the calendar it was a crit and a road race. And it has yeah. exploded into this thing that the the town, as I understand it, really celebrates. It's amazing. It's really, really cool. Like it's a very, very cool scene. Highly, highly recommend getting in there to to check it out. Um, you know, I'm not a crit racer myself. It was fun to watch. It was fun. I had some friends from Philly in town. One of my friends from Philly won the uh, last standing, the Red Bull Fixie race, Ooh. which this this is a little aside, but it's amazing because she she signed up. She did not know there was a ten thousand dollar purse for the last racer standing. And she took a flyer off with like nine laps to go. And my uh you know, my friend Taylor and I are staring slack jawed at each other going, can she, cause she's a sprinter. We're like, can she keep this? Because it was a really long uphill drag that we were standing at, you know, like who, a long, who was the racer? her name was Sam. I can't remember her last oh, name, but okay. you have to look it up. Um, okay. yeah, she's a friend of a friend Taylor's my good friend and she's her teammate, Sam. And, uh, she takes this flyer and we're like, can she hold it? And she just keeps like, you could tell that she, knew that she was going to win it. It just had that look like this, that look about a person who is, yeah, who has just seized it and owned it. And she just kept widening the gap and we're going bananas. And Taylor at that point doesn't know there's a 10,000 purse either, but Christy pro who's, you know, kind of in charge of a lot of this stuff does she's with us. And she says, she tells her and they, she lost her mind. It was just really cool. Like she lost, she won the thing, stayed away. And you know, she has, Bike racers don't make a whole lot of money and, you know, I'm not sure what she does, but it was, it was very cool. Well, and let's just talk about nine laps in the week of a nine lap flyer. Yeah, that's, that's (laughs) huge. It's ridiculous. And it, and it's a stacked field. I mean, it was, it was, she tried crybaby hill the next day. She she was, she had signed up for everything and, I cheered her on. She eventually she disappeared. I think she you could tell she was having no fun. And it <laughs> like it was even just even trying to make it up that that thing, because it's like it's kind of like a mini version of the Maniunk wall, you know, it's, oh. and they do it dozens of times. I mean, it's a very short trip that day. And you see those people suffering up that that climb dozens of times. But anyway, so I was signed up. I was not signed up for any of that. I just applauded and rang a cowbell. I was signed up for the Double Tough, which is completing Saturday is a century and Sunday is a metric century um, in okay. a certain amount of time. They have they have cutoffs. Saturday had the added, added challenge of me joining the special group of what they call the Ace Challenge, which you had to do to be an Ace win Challenge winner. You had to do the 100 miler in less than five hours, Oh, which, yeah, daunting, daunting for sure, because Though I've been riding tons and tons of miles, 
I have been off-road and I have not been in packs or certainly holding those kind of speeds. Right. So as people might remember, I was going to just wing it with a, with a prayer. And to some extent, you're saying your traditional game plan for this year. Well, yeah, but I, I, I broke that. I, 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 I was not able to hold to that. I, I actually did. Uh, I did a little training. I, I did kind of wing it in that I, <laughs> I did something I never do except out of testing bikes. They had a bike for me there that I rode sight unseen. I got it at eight thirty the night before. It was. Yeah, yeah, that's a good plan. Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> 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 it was, Sounds legit. <laughs> you know, why not? I mean, the upside of it is that I, it was a specialized and specialized because I've done so much testing to them have my fit numbers. So when the bike came to me, it was precisely to my numbers. And I've I've raced, raced and ridden so many specialized. I actually wasn't all that worried about that. Like I was sure. like, it'll be fine. You know, it'll be fine. So. But I did. I did go out because I couldn't help myself. I went out like the weekend before, as I said, I would probably do. And I did a like a rolling. I tried to I've never been to Oklahoma, but I pictured it sort of just rolling, you know, like not Mm -hmm. long extended climbs, but just kind of like a lot of big roller kind of thing. So I did a loop here to try to simulate that. It was just like 35 miles by myself. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to hold, you know, 18, 19 miles an hour, just whatever I could hold myself to make sure that I get comfortable with that. And I did. I set like my own little PR in that 35 mile loop and it gave me huge peace of mind. I'm like, as long as I can hold on to wheels, you know, I should be mm-hmm. fine. I'm just going to, I know I can do five hours of whatever because God knows that's what I do. So I just, <laughs> as <laughs> Celine does, I'm like, as long as I can hold those wheels. And yeah, because my husband, Dave, was like, it's like you're looking at five hours like it's nothing. I'm like, in some ways it it is kind of like, I don't know, like it's just routine at this point. Except anyway, I'm happy to report that I did it. I yeah. um Yeah. Yep. The group, they, they do it with a rolling enclosure. So it's cool. Like you have to stay in the bubble. Like you have to stay within this but peloton. There's a, of pe- there's a bubble. And awesome. It is awesome because it's kind of a weird thing. I've done this before in a a race in Puerto Rico where they just close the streets ahead of you kind of thing. But it's a weird sensation to be barreling down towards a stop light, a signal, and not at all touch the brakes. You know what I mean? Like you're like, we should be slowing down. Yeah, we should be slowing down. But yeah, you start letting a gap open between you and the front rider in front of you because you're just thinking, well, any second now. Right. Yeah, it's weird. But but yeah, I mean, that alone, it just. And you have, you know, we had two planned stops. So one was at 37 miles and one was at 73 miles. And I just, I did what I've been doing. I did, I took the, t- I took the mileage off my screen. I just didn't want to see it. I had time. I had calories. I had speed. Oh, that's it. I'm like, I'll get there when I do. Like, I, I don't want to like, cause if I'm, I don't like to see at this point, the mileage elapsing. It's, I just let that be. And I have found that that mind trick has been working brilliantly for me lately. Anyway, the group ended up blowing it out of the water. We finished that thing in four hours and 20 minutes. Holy cow. It was ridiculous. I mean, I'll say it was perfect day. It was hot, but like, like you said, it, was, it wasn't as hot as it can get there in Oklahoma. It was probably in the 80s, okay. not the 90s. Yep. Uh, the wind was reasonable. 
you know, it was, you know, we had a headwind for some of it. We never really got a tailwind, but it was never anything crazy in any direction. It was just sort of a constant stiff wind coming from somewhere, but not again. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> never would ever tell. Uh, it was rolling, not a lot of hills. They had to redirect it because of the flooding. So oh. usually I guess there's a couple larger climbs, which I personally actually would have looked forward to because I have a hard time just holding. I, I find it harder to just hold the same terrain. Because I'm not used to it. It's just not uh-huh. what I'm used to. But anyway, it was rolling. Um, and the biggest challenge, you know, like there was a lot of firepower on the front of the pack. And we were going easily 30, 32 miles an hour for sustained amounts of time. Ooh. And I'm. Yeah, I mean, I just looked down. I'm just like, OK, that's that's what we're doing. And just hang on to that wheel is like, just hang on. <laughs> and mentally, you know, like how, like. Because the roads are kind of rough. There's like cracks, those cracks that you can fit yeah. your tires into. There's yep. holes. There's people are yelling out holes and like hold your line and sort of like all that kind of chaos. You know that controlled chaos that happens in a pack like that. Um, but it's, but it, yeah, we 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 kept it together, and I just I just held on. I, I was I just kept myself towards the front. You know, just sort of. Mm-hmm. So I, because there's that accordion effect that happens too. And yes. it was really exhausting a lot. Like some of the people in the back were getting popped off because it just amplifies. Right. You know, like we would really slow down on steep kind of pitches. Yep. But then as soon as they start going over the top or around corners, all that stuff where everybody starts accelerating. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. Vroom, 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 vroom. Yeah, yeah. The whole time. And that's not as bad when you're towards the front, but when you're in yep. the back, it's, I was talking to some people and it's super punchy. I think that can really take it. Really take oh, it yeah. out of You'll it. burn way more matches back there unless you know exactly how to surf the very back of the pack. And even I'm then not, you're still yeah, likely to. It's hard. I'm not, yeah. I'm not super, I wasn't happy doing that. So I just, I just stayed towards the front. Um, yeah. So it was, so it was a really, it was a satisfying day. It was a cool day. Um, I managed my nutrition and my hydration very well, which made me super happy. And it just, it seemed to just, it just ticked by. It just ticked by really well. And then the next day was hillier terrain, which I was super appreciative of, and a good amount of rain towards the end, which I actually did not mind. I ended up by myself for quite a bit of it and uh, got to see more. I got to see. I got to look around because <laughs> I really felt like I didn't see anything the first sure. day except like everybody's butts in front of me and and the pavement. Uh, and yeah, it was cool. I got to see and I finished the metric in 224. Uh, well, no, no, no. It was shorter than a metric. I'm lying to you. I don't want to. I don't want to exaggerate myself. So it ended up being 56 miles again, but still, 224 <clears throat> was the uh, was the finishing time. So yeah, I am Tulsa tough. I am happy to report that yeah. I am. I am Tulsa tough. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's just a you know the whole. I just wanted to just also just give props to the whole thing, the whole weekend, because I you know I've heard a lot about the crybaby hill crit that I was talking about earlier, uh-huh. but I had, I just had no idea. It is. It's the best way to describe it would be like Mardi Gras meets Woodstock with a bike race going on in the background. Ooh. You in all respects of that, like Ooh. you see. Big people, big men dressed up in dominatrix outfits and high heel boots and a lot of skin that maybe you want to see or you don't want to see. You know, I'm not sure. Uh, like a lot of. <laughs> A lot of things you can't unsee. There's a lot of baby themes, so baby head earrings and baby heads all the place. And 
you know, there's a band and a DJ and people are very altered. Um, there's a lot of altered people walking around, you know, are we talking alcohol or psychedelics? Everything, I think. I mean, they're drinking all day, but you smell a lot of weed in the air. And there's a lot of people that look like maybe there's also something else going on. (laughs) Seeing this is beyond the norm. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a little it's it's a but it's very it's all it's it's very fun. It's all, you know, and if you don't have to wade through the sea of sweaty bodies to get anywhere, you know, like I I didn't. There are some places I was like, I'm I really don't want to go through there because that looks terrible. (laughs) But where we stayed on the corner was was pretty much controlled chaos and very fun. And the racers love it because, you know, it's just it's it's gets them up that ridiculous climb. And it just the whole weekend just stuck me as like American bike racing the way mm-hmm. it should be. You know, it's just like it's, it's it best felt expression. Very, yeah, it felt really it felt really American. It's funny because I talked to a, a European racer later that day and she she described it the same way. And I was like, yeah, my, my gut was right. And, it, you know, it's not but it's not held in like an uninspiring, abandoned, like industrial park, like so yeah. many crits. Are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's in this vibrant, very American city. And I love the theme. The theme, the whole weekend's theme is stronger together. And I like wow. that because, you know, it's because it's true. It's like it's tough down there. They have tornadoes. They have a lot of heat. They have. Yeah conditions and like i wouldn't have done that 420 100 mile by my there's no way i probably could have done went pretty fast but please i mean i'm not going to do that by myself yeah and same thing with all those races like you know the 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 racers are stronger with the crowds and the crowds are better with like this is cool it was just a very i i highly highly recommend checking the scene out super cool that's so great that is really really cool to hear um yeah i would like to check it out at some point um, yeah, and yeah like you, I'm it. not racing crits anymore. Been a long time. Yeah. There was a, there was a lot of examples of why I'm not yet. <laughs> Probably shouldn't yeah. laugh. Well, no, I mean, everybody's okay, but they're, you know, they're definitely as crits, you know, it just is what it is. All it takes is one person to slide out and there you have it. It's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is exactly right. Yeah. And it did remind me of, you know, it's funny doing all the gravel stuff. It's, you know, it's even when you're going fast, you're going slower, right? So it's, it's just, it reminded me of that, the thrill and also that, that razor edge of danger that you have when you're, when you're road racing that fast, you know, when you're going 30 some miles an hour down the road, it's, it's exhilarating, but you know, it's also a little, it's, it's risky. It's, it. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, and I watching mean, the pro men go by, and your hair is like blowing back because they're going so fast around those. Those, it's yep. crazy. Yep, and you can pick on on who showered that day and who didn't. <laughs> yeah, it would be hard to pick out, but <laughs> but I mean, still, I mean, it's it's kind of amazing the plethora of scents and aromas and other sorts of smells that will get turned up when you know a pack of 160 guys goes flying by at 35 miles an hour. It's well, unlike yeah. anything else, you know, it's all yeah, that is that is true. And I should also mention that the women's field were, fields were enormous, which are awesome. There's like one hundred fifteen women on the on the line for excellent. Well, the crits. Yeah, it was super cool to see. It was just uh, tons of women. Tons of excellent. Women. It was really cool. Wow. Boy. Uh, and this, and, and the, the, then the, the town is cool. You know, yeah. the town is cool. The t- it's a it's a cool town. 
Sound Pony is there, which is a really cool bar. It's just like a, a cyclist. You would like it. It's got a lot of history to it, like a lot uh-huh. of signed jerseys. And yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. Well, that needs to go on my list. Yeah, I think um, it should. Wow. Do they have any gravel events there? I mean, not during that weekend. Obviously, it would be better to go during that weekend. But, you know, just as an any excuse. I don't know how close Land Run is to it. There are no there are no gravel events that are part of Tulsa Tough itself. Mm-hmm. And I actually was going to ask them about that. Like, I I didn't get a sense that there was. I mean, again, I wasn't looking around a ton when I was on the uh, the big ride. But I didn't get a, I didn't. It felt like the kind of place where there's not a lot of side roads where we were, you know what I okay. mean? Like that yep. you, we were just pretty much on the main arteries, but I can't imagine that there's not a lot out there, right? It's the Midwest. Um, is that true? Is it the Midwest, Oklahoma? Is that yeah. technically? Yeah. Okay. Um, they do land run is their big one, which is in Stillwater. And I have, my geography will not tell you where Stillwater is in relation to Tulsa. I'm sure. But it's not Tulsa. It's not Tulsa. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the, that's that's the salient point. Yeah. It's not Tulsa. And it's different because Stillwater has those um, pottery red clay roads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The pictures of, of Land Run 100 in uh, Nick Legan's book, Gravel Cycling, uh, since mm-hmm. it actually, you know, they, uh, Villa Press uh, opted to actually pay for, you know, the extra money for nicer paper and color photography. All the those pictures, pictures from Land Run is like, whoa, I got to get me some of that at some point. Uh, Unless it rains, but then you're getting a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> in a different sort of way. That would be definition yeah. two. Um, That's the, that race. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it will, I'm sure happen in my future at some point, but it is, that is the wild card of all wild cards. Because it's March. It's yeah. March. Anything. Yeah. March is crazy everywhere, right? It could be anything. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah. that stuff does turn to pottery. It turns to clay. It's it's not an well, easy. And, uh, and until you've really ridden in, in mud of that variety, it's hard to appreciate just how <laughs> crazily slick it gets. Oh, uh, that's true, too. That's true. Too. It gets that also, fine layer on top of it. It well, gets just. It's, it is so slick. It could be used as a personal lubricant. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, and then there are variations within that, but I mean, some of my, sometimes it gets weird and sticky. Uh, but I've had experiences in, in red clay where, uh, you get it wet and you know, the first half inch or so is, it might as well be grease. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and, I know. It didn't even occur to me. But yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm strange enough to, you know, I, I I'm up for the wild card. I'm, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's it's a, it's a, that one looks like a super, super cool event, too. And and again, it's we come back to that discussion that I think it's about the the promoter and the the spirit of the thing. That, yeah. 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 Uh, in in Emporia. Cool. Uh, Bobby Wintel gets spoken of in rather revered tones. So, hmm. um, yeah, I, I think, I think if you were to ask anyone at dirty cans, uh, you know, someone more local, uh, you know, what you should do next land run would almost uniformly come up as like the next thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Oh, uh, so for my poll, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to talk recovery today. (laughs) (laughs) 
I can't imagine why. <laughs> well, you know, as with most of my polls, I'm going to start with the macro and then back up into the macro. More colloquially, that means that I'm going to start with me and then I'm going to pull back into the universal, I think, right. or I hope. <laughs> uh, for the next 12 days or so, I'm going to be helping the good folks at the Race Across America with their media needs. As they gather stuff out on the road, a bunch of it gets pushed to me to post on social media and their media site. Um, and I, I for, for reasons I can't possibly explain, I still really dig that event. Back in the early to mid-1990s, um, I really followed Ram very closely every year. I remember one year bicycling had a 1-900 number you could call like oh, and wow. get updates every, you know, every hour or something. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. That would have been like 1990, that's 89. Crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, not even the mid, early to mid nineties, that 1-900 number was still in the 1980s. Um, you know, and it's just the weirdest, most surreal bike event there is. You ride until you drop, sleep a few hours, repeat. And then in 1996, I actually crewed for Shauna Hogan, who is the race's only six time mm -hmm. winner. Um, unfortunately she did not win that year. She dropped out and that was just an epic story. Um, something I recall from many Ram finishers talking about is taking two months, sometimes more, but pretty much at least two months to recover from the race. Totally. Which brings me to my current status. <laughs> I am still stunningly unrecovered. We're at more than 10 days. I think today's 11 days or 12 days uh, mm -hmm. out from the event. And a heart rate of 96 beats per minute feels like high zone two. I'm anaerobic at 130 BPM. I have Never. <laughs> I know. I know. It just, it's, it's, uh, it's comic, you know, it's Kafka esque. Uh, I've never in my life taken so long to recover from an event, which is truly, you know, to put, to put this in its proper perspective, perfectly understandable, given that either half of dirty Kansas was long enough to be in my top 20 rides in terms of times in the saddle. <laughs> yep. Nine hours, 13 minutes. That was a long day for me. Oh, and then I did it again. It's <laughs> a very long time. <laughs> yes. So I am planning to ride today, but I also plan not to get my heart rate above 110. And if I hit that, it'll be purely an accident. <laughs> uh, really, Celine, today, my pull is just, to me just meant to be a guitar solo for you. <laughs> I have the good sense to stay backed off until my legs feel better. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as you're going to explain, there's way more to recovery than just that. And here's the thing. This is the point in the season that so many riders hit and then suddenly flame out with fatigue. Over the years, I have known scads and scads of friends who got to June and then their form just shattered because they hadn't been taking regular wet rest weeks. Mm -hmm. So I think this might be a good time for you to talk about the signs to look for to indicate mm -hmm. that you need recovery and then what to do with yourself until you are actually recovered and not just think you are recovered. Go. <laughs> oh yes. Well, I could write a book on that. So we'll try to keep it to the cliff notes version. You know, <laughs> the honestly, 
the the biggest thing that I do, and I've been talking about it forever and ever and ever, and it still holds true, is I think you need to watch your moods. Like like your your emotional and mood state is a giant. It's like a canary in the coal mine. Should we I bring think. my sons in here right now? <laughs> yeah, to see what how that how that all goes. No, I mean seriously, because it's like when you're stress hormones and all that kind of stuff are out of whack because like you're saying it's not just your legs it's your central nervous system it's your hormonal system it's your end it's all of that is disrupted yeah. i mean you use all of that and cyclists i i, I did a, a lot of stories on this over the years and i talked to a lot of different researchers and one of them at one time said something that was interesting to me that cyclists can drive themselves into overtraining and into holes more than other sports like running because physically you can it's right. easier to get on a bike and just bury yourself like a runner will get injured. Right. And a runner yep. trying to do the same thing is more likely just to hurt themselves, like get plantar fasciitis or something else will give. Yeah. But cyclists can just keep just digging that hole, you know, until they can barely pedal because it, it's just the bike lets you lets you do it. Yeah. Um. So it is it's it is really something to watch for because you can do it sort of it's sort of like any kind of burning matches like you can do it all in one big thing. Like you're talking about dirty cans. that's just one big thing that is going mm-hmm. to dig you into a hole or you can do it like you alluded to over the course of a few months yeah. without taking any rest, subtly chipping away at that, at those resources and elevating your stress and all that kind of stuff. And over time before until at some point you're just like, ugh. And then what people do, Patrick, and I've seen it a million times, is they're like, I'm riding like crap. I've got to do more intervals. Yes, you know, like yes, I, yes. I see it all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, that's actually not the answer. That's actually not what you should be doing. Right. It's like the fire department showing up with gasoline. Right. Right. Oh, you're burning here. Let me help. A hundred percent. So and that's why regular rest periods are important because you're just regenerating. Even if you don't necessarily feel tired, you know, you are, you're, it's fatiguing and you're, none of us is getting paid. So it's also like, you've got your life stress on top of that. And stress is stress is stress. Even though exercise is a positive stress, like you're still, you're still adding on to something, you know, it's still tapping mm-hmm. into your reserves and it's really important to let those reserves fill back up. You know, I, it's, I remember after Yuri finished the 350 last year and he went into that depression. Well, that's like the yeah. extreme of it, right? right? That's that's the that's at the very extreme end of it. But that that happens after Ironman. It can happen after something like Kansas. You don't seem to be dwelling in that in that area. But it is it isn't just your legs. I mean, so I, I'm always like, watch your mood. Appetite is another one. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I see this very personally myself all the time. Like I, I, my appetite just disappears and I should be hungry and my weight is kind of like vacillating. Like I am eating more or whatever, but it's just inflammation. It's just like, it's not a good place. And then I can tell when I'm coming back around, like I'll be on an easy bike ride and all of a sudden I'm starving and I'm like, that's good. (laughs) I'm like, yay, yay. The appetite's back. And that's, that signals. That's one of my early signals. Like, oh, okay. Like my body's getting back into like it's healthy rhythm. I'm re- I'm recovering. It, I'm hungry. Uh, eating enough is super important. A lot of people are mental about it. They think that just because they did the big thing, they shouldn't be eating as much. Right. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. after the big thing, you still need those calories and that energy to recover. Your body's in a huge reparation. For, for, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's doing 
all that work. And if you don't give it enough, it won't, it will dig into your muscles. Right. Like if, and that's, and that I did this really cool thing with an Eagle San Milan out in uh, uh-huh. Colorado. And he has one of those machines that shows you how much glycogen is in your muscles. And he, ex- he showed me some other scans he had taken that, and this is a huge part of the recovery process that if you don't recover properly and your muscles are still damaged and you're eating into them, making it worse, you, they don't store glycogen as well. Like damaged muscle tissue does not store glycogen as well. That's why you have no energy and why your legs won't come back around. Like you need, you need that. It's not, you're not storing fuel like you should because your body's still repairing. It's not putting anything in there, but it can't really put things in the reserves because those aren't repaired. So you, you have, yeah, it's a big thing. It's like, that was a light bulb moment for me too. I was like, wow. Okay. And that means carbs. Everyone's like, oh, I'm done. I'm not going to eat a lot of carbs. Like, stop it. Like you need carbs to repair. You need carbs for the protein. You need like that's a base of a lot of stuff that you need and it helps you recover faster. So, yeah, I mean, and when when's like, how are the stairs in your house? I can also tell like if I if the stairs seem as insurmountable as ever, I'm not recovered, you know, like that's just like little stuff. I mean, you're watching your heart rate, your resting heart rate. I mean, all that stuff is pretty obvious, but there's all that other stuff that you can be paying attention to. And taking care of yourself. And then when you are really champing at the bit to put on a kit and go ride, you recovered. <laughs> you know, like when you're eating well and you're sleeping well and the stairs are, are not so steep, your appetite's good, then you, like you recovered. You know, it's, it's we make it more difficult than it should be. But that's <laughs> actually that's actually true. Like that you can you can feel it happening. If you tune in, you can feel it happening. Mm hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I will say that dietarily I have shifted to more protein and a little bit less or tried to, to do less carbohydrate. I mean, being in Memphis, everything was thrown out of whack, but then there was the added bonus of being able to eat barbecue a few different times. Um, and, and I was, you know, in the, the, the king of the free world of barbecue. Um, I forgive my, profound ignorance but what style of barbecue is it in memphis like is it pulled pork i mean the sauce isn't it all about the sauce is it well yeah so no no uh memphis memphis is like ground zero for the sweeter sauces okay yeah i don't like those as quite as much well i don't want a sauce to be too sweet but uh the vinegary sauces and the mustardy sauces Mm -hmm. okay you and i we have to talk we Uh we have to talk no, because Don't a proper barbecue regional. sauce just has a, has a, a, it has a little sweetness to it. Um, and that helps balance the rest of the spice and everything that else is going on with it. Um, I mean, Memphis will barbecue anything, you know, children. <laughs> uh, and I almost did. You almost that's did. A, I'm sure. That's, <laughs> an, that's a separate story. Um, They're delicious. Yeah, those just, young children. <laughs> oh, pulled pork with a, I like them Memphis. with a Vietnamese fish sauce myself. <laughs> oh these guys i might have served up dry (laughs) i I actually do not children but i actually do love a vietnamese fish sauce on a pulled pork sandwich that is a i I, can see that being a thing i haven't had it so good so good I mean, anyway. but if you give me my choice, I'm still. You know, See, I'm oh. recovered. See, I, I can tell I'm recovered because I am like talking <laughs> food. I'm ready. 
But I, I did. It was funny. I rode. I, I did not ride on Monday because I was traveling. And then I went out on an easy ride on Tuesday and I was still like my appetite. And somewhere mid I was out for about an hour and a half, two hours and about an hour into it. I was like vapory, like, yay, I'm getting hungry. That's a good thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. I only did two rides out of the seven days I was in Memphis. There were yeah. there were days that's I got okay up. Too. I just, and people need yeah. to remember that. I think that's an important point I don't want to miss is that it is OK to not ride. Like there's all this stuff about active recovery and yes, you should move. I mean, moving is good, mm-hmm. but it is actually okay to take a week, to take a week where you ride very little and, and you'll come around. I mean, your body will thank you. You will not lose fitness. I promise. I promise. It's all there. Those miles don't go away, but you're going to do yourself a favor because otherwise you can just keep st- going backwards or at worst just staying where you are. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, and one of the things you said earlier, uh, you know, about, the, the hunger and all that and, and allowing your muscles uh, to recover so that they will store glycogen properly. That, that just echoes what I was co- uh, having a conversation, a running conversation about with a friend last summer because they were having trouble with recovery and flaming out early on rides. And mm-hmm. that kind of fits with some of what was being described at the time. And so, you know, yeah, informs the perspective. Uh, yeah. And it's, that's just the thing. There's so much to getting recovery, right? It's just, it's so easy to get wrong. It is so easy to get wrong. And I, it's easy to get wrong, especially if you just don't, I am a firm, firm, firm believer and advocate of tuning into yourself yeah. that you, that if you do, you will, if you listen, it will tell you what it needs, <laughs> you know, but we override that all the time. We override yeah. it all the time. Yeah. And I and I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't because I do that, too. But but I'll tell you, dude, I remember the year that Rebecca Rush, I did the uh, Dirty Cans of that first year with Rebecca because I was writing uh, the book with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we it's just uh, stunning how you can go from so strong and fast to just barely being able to ride up the driveway. I mean, we were just both like we tried to go out for recovery rides and we were like, <laughs> just like glacially turning the pedals because yeah mm-hmm. it just it it just it's something like that taps everything out of you and it's it it, it does it's just it takes yeah. a while it's gonna take a while well and and another thing is you know thank heaven for the wahoo ticker because without having had a heart rate monitor i don't think i would be in a, a, as clued into where my body is right now yeah. because i was out on these i was on this network of bike paths near where my mom lives they wind through the trees. It's lush and beautiful and just impossibly green. It's, you know, just the whole thing painted with Crayola crayons. Yep. And I'm rolling along thinking, you know, I don't feel that bad. <laughs> I don't feel that bad. And I looked down and my heart rate was 96. <laughs> yeah. <And> it's like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> note to self. <laughs> Well, and that's, there are definitely times too that I'll be out like, I feel really pretty good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And then I try to charge up a hill and I'm like, oh, wait, there's the fatigue. <laughs> like sometimes it still lingers in there, you know, and yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You and think you oh, just kind of work great. Yeah. And then, oh no, I was wrong about that. And you just work through it and yeah, it, you bounce back, but yeah. And you can't forget like so much leading into it. You did all the stuff leading into it. You had the grasshopper, you had all that stuff, like all that stuff is in there too. And it mm-hmm. culminated with this thing. So it's definitely just going to take more yeah. than your, the usual amount of recovery time. Right. And I've got my final grasshopper a week from the Saturday. You so should be fine. You should I'm, be fine. 
But only if I behave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be dumb. <laughs> I hear sleeping, eating children she... is eating children is good for recovery. <laughs> hey, boys and girls, Celine thinks she's the first person ever to say that to me. <laughs> Don't be anyway, dumb. DBD. Don't be dumb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's your paceline pick this week? I'm gonna pick the bike that I rode out in uh, Tulsa. Yeah. Because I was so pleasantly surprised. So I rode the new specialized Roubaix out uh-huh. there. Which I hadn't been on. I had been on the old when they still had the ruby, uh-huh. uh, where, where there was still the separation of them, and it was the one. It's the one with the what do they call the, 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 the future show or whatever future? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's a future show. I I did not love the first incarnation of that. It wasn't uh-huh. bad, but I always was aware of it. Like every time, you know, people would tell me, "Oh, it'll disappear," and it never disappeared. Mm-hmm. And whenever I got out of the saddle, I felt that mo- I just didn't care as much for it. Um, they have a lockout on it now, which really dampens that you can, it's very adjustable now. But anyway, it's funny because Chris, uh, who actually is the inventor of the ice dot that I learned and the Angie system, uh, brought that bike to me. He's with specialized and he's like, Oh, this is gonna be the perfect bike for the courses this weekend. And I looked at it and I admit, and I have such a poker face that I hope he didn't see my poker face go. Really? Um, <laughs> because I was like, I'm going to be on a, Paved Grand Fondo trying to go super, super fast. Shouldn't I be on like an Amira or a Benj? You know, I mean? like that, that was my, that was sure. where sure. my head was like uh-huh. air, arrow and light is everything. Why, <laughs> why are you giving me this suspended thing? You know, cause it also has like sort of the, the back is compliant too. And as soon as we were like two miles in, I was like, yeah, yeah. He knew what he was talking about. This is indeed the perfect bike because it is the new one is, uh, it doesn't sacrifice much in the way of aerodynamics and it's super compliant in the best of ways. Mm-hmm. Like all that crappy pavement, the, you know, the, the chewed up stuff where it's just like, you can see the gravel that it built the road that you're traveling on, right. like the foundation of it, all that stuff. I had, I had it on the firmest setting and it's still just took all that out of it. Like I did, I was not beat up at all. It did, I don't feel like it sacrificed speed. It was, a, it was just a very, very lovely. The turbo tires were super grippy. They weren't, I think they were probably 28s or, yeah, they're definitely mm. a nice wide tire. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Really good experience on that bike. So I nice. was glad to see that it's a nice, it's funny riding all these different extremes of bikes, right? There's like all these gravel bikes going giant and all these other things. And I felt like this was um, a really an aero bike going in the right direction too. You know what I mean? Where it just sort of like blurs the lines the other way. So yeah. anyway, yeah, that would be, would be my pick. It was, I, I picked it up, jumped on it and did, you know, a hundred, whatever it was, 160 miles on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neat trick. Show your friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Collect the whole set. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, it was great. I didn't see the SWAT on it, though. So I have to look into that. Do, are they oh. still putting that on all their bikes? Do you know? Because they used to have this ugly box on the Roubaix that was, yep. it looked like a battery. It almost looked like an e-bike, and that's gone. Like, the thing looks much neater. But I'm not sure. I, they probably had the chain thing under the top cack. But I, I don't know. I'll have to look more into that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I, w- I would think stuff was hidden in the down tube. Uh, but yeah, you know, if, you, if you didn't see a compartment, who knows? <clears throat> Yeah. Don't know. Hmm. 
I didn't okay. carry anything because I was being a total diva, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> where'd you keep your tiara? <laughs> right, right, right under my helmet. <laughs> cool. My pick is something I've been waiting rather eagerly for us to announce. Mm. We have just received our first ever Paceline gear. Wow. We have kits. Yes. Yay. We have bibs, shorts, and jerseys, both men and women fit. They were made by Primal, uh, which I'm pleased to note that uh, they are RKP's most loyal advertiser in our nearly 10 years of existence. Aside from that, we went with Primal because I'm not sure anyone is producing gear at quite the level of value they are. Sure, there are some excellent, super high-end manufacturers out there, but for great pricing on good quality gear that lasts, Primal is just killing it. And so, you know, that's what I wanted for this. I wanted something where people wouldn't have to spend bank uh, and didn't end up with a kit they were going to have to replace after a year. I want it to hang on. So now we only have a limited number of kits, uh, but we will be able to do periodic reorders. And if we don't have your size right this minute, you'll be able to pre-order your chosen size in our next order. This is just a way for us to get started on all this. So while the first Paceline kit will hit the road today, it'll be going so slow that anyone who does see me out there will be able to get a very good look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to need a few more days to actually get it up in the RKP store. Uh, So if you go there immediately upon hearing this podcast, uh, you probably won't see it just yet. It'll be there soon. Uh, and we will get some, uh, photos up very soon of the kit. I'm really pleased with the design. Um, I just, yeah, it's a shame it wasn't here in time for dirty Kansas, but we mm-hmm. just didn't quite pull that together. It was close. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. It's, it's cool. I think primal way back in the day, they had like a bit of a bad reputation, right? There was just like <laughs> some, some cheesy, not good material kits. Uh, but they have come a long way. Their stuff yeah. is, is really great. I raced. I know um, Rebecca was in some of it for all, and I raced in some of it. And it's just like, I'm like, wow, this is primal. And it, yeah, nice stuff. Yeah, it, it is so, yeah, it has come so far from what it was, you know, back in the 1990s or even Holy. the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. You know, even as their, their graphic design got better, the kits were still just pretty average quality. And now the stuff is very impressive. And when you consider what other companies are doing for a similar level quality, the pricing will just kind of blow your mind. So yeah, I, I'm, totally. I'm pleased that this will be really affordable stuff. So super excited. Yeah. Cool. Oh, what are you doing this weekend, lady? Oh, wow. Just <laughs> cleaning the house. <laughs> you know, it's just one <laughs> of those things like everything is just, we've been traveling so much that just hanging Hanging loose around here this weekend, uh, next, next weekend, going off to a vacation, a real vacation, hopefully not working one bit at uh, Hood River, Oregon for a mountain bike trip. Ooh. Yeah. So just sort of catching up and work and trying to get all the ducks in the line kind of thing to, to get away. And it's Father's Day. So we'll be doing something for Father's Day, I'm sure, you know, yeah. riding some bikes, doing that kind of thing. You? Uh, I'm contemplating doing my first trail day of the year this Saturday, oh, because, okay. uh, you may have heard my legs aren't all that great right now. No, yeah. uh, it's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I've got to do a trail day for this club that I'm a member of at some point 
in this calendar year. And it occurs to me that this may be a great day. And it's, it's such a lovely spot that just kind of wandering around, whacking some weeds and whatnot. Uh, Cause I don't think we're cutting any trail on this one. Uh, so I'm thinking about that and then maybe uh, an easy ride on Sunday, maybe a little mountain bike ride with my boys. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Sounds yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, but I will be ready for an easy weekend. I think I may have earned it. Yeah. No, I think an easy weekend at home is just what the recovery doctor ordered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, everybody, keep those questions coming. Uh, you all have been sending some great stuff. Actually, we've got a couple that we haven't gotten to yet. I know. If you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments or email us. Before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for RKP's other podcast, The Pull. The show features artisans talking about the craft in one-on-one interviews. Think Terry Gross for the bike set. Uh, <laughs> the still-as-yet unproduced show on Paul Sadoff is coming up. And immediately following that, we're going to be producing an appreciation of builder Bruce Gordon, who just passed away earlier this week. Uh, that was a real shocker. Uh, I'm, lining, I'm in the process of lining up some really wonderful interviews for that. I don't think this is going to be a show that will be a lot of fun to actually make. But right. um, you've made a couple I'll of be, those recently. Yeah, so it goes. Uh, but, I'm, yeah. you know, it's work I'm proud to do. I, it's, yeah. I feel strongly about this community in that way. Uh, and he, man, if anybody deserves to be remembered fondly, that dude, that dude. Uh, that's yeah. That's a fact. That's a fact. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.